everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. Today, my guest here is Wes Melanson. Wes, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Cheese? Good. So Wes is here is one of my best friends. He plays Division Three football at Bluffton University in Ohio. And also, he's also a co-host of the Mic Drop podcast with his friend, uh, Joe, at Bluffton. So Wes, today, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about the NBA Finals and our general thoughts about the NBA postseason. And we're also going to talk about the cover, the NFC East of the NFL. How does that sound to you, Wes? I love it. Can't wait. So before we get started, I want to like uh, mention why like I haven't been posting in a while. So I, the reason why I haven't been posting in a while because like, you know, I was kind of waiting on my audio interface. For those of you who don't know what an audio interface is, uh, it's like a software where it makes your audio improve, right? The quality go way up. So it was like I was like waiting in between to like waiting for my thing to come in. And also once like it came in, I was just trying to like learn it the best way I can. So that way I can provide you guys the best quality. And hopefully on my end, at least you guys can hear that improvement. But I don't know about what's this because like his end is on Zoom. But at least with this audio interface, it, it really lets me allows me to do uh, in-person podcasts at its finest. And uh, and also, I just wanted to uh, really enjoy like, you know, the Mar- the Memorial Day weekend. So basically, when it's when it's like holiday, like weekends or holiday breaks like that, I will take a break. But when it's like regular time, it's uh, it's grind on nonstop. So on to the NBA, Wes. So what, what are your general thoughts about the NBA postseason? And who did you truly thought that was really going to make it to the NBA finals in your opinion, Wes? Well, honestly, for being a huge fan, like both of us are, Cheese and I both love the NBA playoffs. I think that it was kind of a letdown in some ways. And I, I say that because, like, not a lot of games were, like, super close. And, like, I mean, we had a few series that went to, obviously, seven games, which we love to see that. But, like, the games, like, within the series were never really close. And, I mean, so I to me that was kind of a little bit of a letdown. But, like, the team that I thought was going to win the whole thing was the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that, too. And I was just shocked that they lost um, to the Mavericks. But, I mean, it was really interesting to see. I mean, it's good to have a different, like, uh, type of feel to the NBA Finals now. With Obviously, we have the Celtics, which are new-name guys, young guys coming up that are very fun to watch. And then kind of like a revamped Golden State Warriors team that we kind of like to see win now. Like, if we said that we were ready to see the Warriors in the NBA Finals like four years ago, we would have said, no, we've had enough of them. But now, obviously, we're gonna, we want to root for Clay. He's been injured so much. We want to root for people like, like Jordan Poole. We want to root for guys like that. And, like, obviously the Celtics, too, having those young guys, it was very awesome. To see. It was, it's awesome to see, like, the league's turning into a great direction. But, yeah, I think the playoffs were kind of a little bit of letdown for me. But that's just how I feel. What do you think? Well, you're right on. You know, you said, like, 90% of the, set, of the stuff I was going to say. But really, on my take personally, I do agree with you. It was like the postseason in general was a letdown, like you said. Like there was like the games were inconsistent of not of being blowouts and not so exciting games, you know, and not right, so yeah. exciting like serious uh, meetups. Like last year, honestly, yeah, I had a great, really good time in general watching the final, not the finals, but the postseason last year. Because dude, that Atlanta Hawks team was so like underrated and so fun to like watch because they literally proved everyone wrong, especially yep. when they were at Madison Square Garden because, you know, the New York fans don't like freaking Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young <laughs> taking a bow. Exactly. It's like, what the heck, you know? And um, to my, from what my predictions were truly before 
it was going to be Celtics versus Warriors. I really thought, like you said, I thought it was going to be a Bucks suns rematch, and I thought Suns were going to redeem themselves. I, I really thought... I really thought they had it in them, you know, especially like throwing off the energy from like after that devastating loss from last year, you know, but you know, they came like short, like facing the Mavericks, you know, which that was kind of disappointing in my opinion. Yeah. I was very shocked when they lost the Mavs, but I think it also a lot went into, obviously we know Devin Booker wasn't hundred percent. That was a huge part of why the Suns didn't kind of like go through and win it all. But like you said, geez, they had so much motivation. Obviously they had the best record in the NBA all regular season which is nothing to be, like, sleeping about and understanding that, okay, these guys can play, and these guys are serious. And I think that was a big credit to, like, what you said of losing last year to the Bucks. So I think, yeah, it's it's interesting to see, and I'm surprised that this all happened the way it did. But, like, I'm very excited for the finals. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, as I was researching about more about the finals, like, looking into it, it, it honestly got me more excited just based on looking on the stats, you know? Because, like, like, Boston – even like going from the regular season to the postseason, they were like top two in defense in, in defense, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, they had the defensive player of the year. Mark oh, well, Smart. no, there's another candidate, Robert Williams, too. Yeah. And that's what I think is going to be a huge part of this series, Cheese, is because he's not fully healthy. I know that's the good point. That's like that's, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, my bad. That's the crazy what, that, thing. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, that's going to be like the biggest thing that I think is going to either hurt the Celtics or help. The Warriors, you know what I'm saying? Like, because exactly. if, if Williams is not going to be able to defend, like, the interior, like, he, we know he can, and we watch it do all regular season before that torn meniscus, then it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be easier for Looney to score inside. So I'm interested to see how that all works out. But he's, like, obviously he's playing, but he's not 100%, which you can definitely tell from uh, the last series against the Heat. Right. I was telling my brother this. Like, shout out to Swiss. It's his birthday today of this recording. Happy birthday, Swiss. Yeah, thank you. But anyways, um, he's a big Dubs fan, right? Dubs fan. And, bef- and yeah. a couple hours before like the recording of this episode, I was literally telling him, hey, if freaking Robert Williams was like, was like 100%, I can really agree that with the analysts or with other people that the Celtics can take this to game seven, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. You know? and- yeah. So what? So what's your prediction? Like, what do you think it's going to go? You said if he was healthy, it's going to go to seven. What do you think it's going to go? So, I mean, keep in mind, I mean, they still have good damn defenders like uh, JB, Tatum, you know, yeah. like they're really they're, the whole line plays solid defense, way better than Golden State. But honestly, yeah. was my prediction at the end is going to be Golden State winning it 4 2, which is yeah. in six. And I really yeah. think the reason why they win, in my opinion, is because they have number one, better chemistry. Because, dude, they've been together, especially the OG3 uh, between yeah. Clay, Dre, and Curry, they've been together yep. for the past what eight years, seven yeah, years, a long time, yeah. a long time, maybe more than that. I can't. I'm just thinking the top of my head. Yeah, and along with the chemistry is the experience, and yeah, the experience of chemistry, dude. They just really have good ball movement, and they just know each other, and they play like they're just having fun, no matter what the situation is. Yeah, I, I mean, so like, bear with me when I'm about to say this. So I have right. two predictions. All right, I have one coming from my heart. And one coming from my mind, if that makes any sense. Yep, let's hear it, Wes. My heart prediction is I want the Celtics in seven. Just because I love Jason Tatum. I love the way he plays. Jalen Brown is an amazing player, too. And he's so much fun to watch. And the young guys, like, they're just running up and down the floor, just nonstop. They're just moving. It doesn't matter how many games it plays. So, I think if it goes to seven, it's going to be the Celtics. And that's kind of what I would 
want to happen. But what I think is going to happen is, like you said, Warriors and six. And I think a big part of that is Williams not being fully healthy, one. And two, like you said, chemistry, experience. These young guys on the Celtics probably aren't ready to win a title yet. And I'm saying yet because I think that they will very soon. And they re- they remind me a little bit, a little bit of the Suns last year. You know what I'm saying? Just having young guys be their core and being able to kind of exceed expectations from what they were having, like entering the year. But yeah, I'm so it's, I think it's probably going to be Warriors and six, like you said, but I really want Celtics and seven. Yeah, I really get what you mean, Wes. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not really hating on Boston, like, at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just oh, really, yeah. I just really think the Warriors will win this because just because they just have better experience. And then, I don't know, you're just facing the greatest three-point shooter of all time, Steph Curry. But anyways, uh, before we do anything else or talk about anything else, I really thought, no matter what, if, okay, say Boston loses, right? I'm going to respect the hell of them because, first of all, I'm going to trust I'm going to give credit to their front office for trusting the process, right? So you yep. know how when they freaking uh, trade away all those that, all those guys, yeah, I know exactly. Like years about. ago with the Nets, yeah. for yep. like they gave up KG, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry. So like part of that trade, I'm not going to like I don't know exactly the specifics, but I think it was like five players along with three first round picks, right? Two of those three uh, first round picks ended up being Tatum and Brown. So that was yeah. such a great return Huge. investment in the long run. What do you think about that, Wes? Oh, yeah. I saw that yesterday, I think, on, like, Twitter or something I, where I saw that. And I'm like, wow. Because it was like they were asking, like, who really won this trade? And if you would have took us back to whenever that trade happened and, like, the Nets got all those guys, all the guys that we know and love and that we've seen play for the Celtics forever, we would have been like, oh, the Nets won this trade. Like, who are they even going to pick with those picks? And then come to find out, it was obviously Tatum and Brown are two of those three picks that they had, like you said. So I think that definitely the Celtics won this trade in the long run because, I mean, the Celtics are in the NBA Finals and the Nets are not and getting that, swept. Right. That, by- yeah, that's ironic, huh? So, it- yeah, I think it all comes full circle around this year saying, okay, this trade was kind of lopsided at one point, but now it's also back to probably even or maybe a little bit more for the Celtics because of the guys we got and the guys that are going to play for them for a long time. Yeah, you have a good point. You mentioned that earlier. Whether they win or lose this series, right, the future is really bright for them because not only do they have, like, you know, a mid-veteran uh, Tatum-Brown deal, even though they're so young, they're still considered somewhat veterans, right? And then yeah. their young guys are still is still going to be good in the long run. So it's like... Yeah, gonna Peyton a- Pritchard's going to be a guy for them that's going to help them out a lot in the future, I think. I feel like he's a lot of potential, you know what I'm saying? But he's yeah, still has a lot saying, to learn. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, 100%. But I, I truly think, Wes, like, even though we're, like, in the, still in the early, quote-unquote, 2020s, I feel like, like, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, they're going to people are going to say, yeah, this is the team to walk, to be aware of, of the 2020s. You know what I'm saying, Wes? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. I think there's – I mean – you brought them up earlier too. Like the Hawks were like the Celtics a couple of years ago, but like now the Celtics are like in the NBA finals. They made it over that hump. And like the league is in such good hands because like you have like the Mavs, which are like Luca's the guy and he's younger. You have the Suns, that Booker's younger, Tatum, Celtics, like Trey Young, the Hawks, all these young guys are becoming like staples of the league. And I think that's huge. But like you said, the Celtics have shown and proven to us, not even this whole regular season, but like the whole NBA playoffs, 
that they're going to be a team that you're going to have to be ready to play week in, week out, all year, because these guys are tough and they do not care who they're playing. Like they don't care that the Warriors want or went on what is it, six of eight, six of the last eight finals. Something or something like, yeah, like that. yeah, you're on the right like, track. They yeah. don't care. They they don't care. They're just going to play and going to play their best. And that's what I love about this team. I'm very excited to see this. And yeah, that could be like a team that's going to come through. And like, like I mean, it's going to be insane. It's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly, Wes. And, and it always back goes back to why I said, you know, no matter win or lose, um, you know, I'm I'm happy for Boston. Even though I'm not a Boston guy, but as an NBA oh, yeah, fan, yeah. you I, have to respect. It. You have to respect. It. Yeah, you can't fr- fucking hate it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know, <laughs> screw you. You know what I'm saying? Like you're such an absolute hater. You know what I'm saying? You have like no. Yeah, I don't. For it's hard that, if you say that. Pe- yeah, for the people that like are hating on the Celtics, like why? I understand if there's a guy on that team that you have, like you have to hate, like like a LeBron. Like, LeBron, he's the best player in the world. People are going to hate him. But, like, who is there to hate on this team? Jason Tatum does everything right. Jalen Brown does everything right. Marcus Smart, maybe. But he's he's just but intense. He's been kind of injured. Yeah. But he's been, he's been doing some dumb stuff. So, that's where I could see that you could say, okay, I don't really like him. But, like, you have to see well, what he does though, for this team. Yeah. You have to see, like, he's a leader for this team. He's their, obviously, defensive anchor. He's a guy that, like, gets these young guys – figured out and he understands how they play and how he wants to influence them. So I don't know how you hate Celtics at all. I don't know how you hate Boston. Yeah, exactly. And then here's a fact, Wes. And then for those of you listening, so if Boston wins this series, right? See, if they do, it would give them a record of of 18 franchise championships, Wes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of winning. I mean, that's a lot of. Winning. I mean, seventy percent of those went to Bill Russell, but still, come on. Hey, yeah, you know, yeah, like right. you said, a anything can happen. Title, right? <laughs> a title's a title. Yeah. Anything then, is possible. Exactly. So, and then one more thing about the Celtics, right? When it comes to respect, you know, dude, you just have to respect freaking Boston's revenge tour playoff run, dude. Because the last three teams, I mean, the three teams that they beat, they got beat within the past three years, Wes. What's your take on this? Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Like, obviously, we've been talking about their resiliency, honestly. Like, the Celtics, is, that's a great word to put for them to show what this playoff run has been. Like, we know that, obviously, they took a couple things to game seven. They've obviously beat the teams that they recently have lost to, and that is something to show that these guys are ready to be at the top of the league, and they're going to be here for a long time because, like like you said, they've lost the past three years to these teams, and now they're beating them, and they're growing, and they're with the guys that they have picked their front office has picked. They're not getting guys off the street. They're not getting free agents. They're not doing any of that. They're picking these guys and they're building them and molding a culture, a winning culture that's going to help them in the long run. And that's very exciting to see for Boston. Yeah, exactly, Wes. And they're doing it different from like compared to the Lakers, you know, or the Nets. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're not just picking up guys on free agency. They're picking like, like drafting these guys. And then they're being patient, which I, we've said many times, but we trust fucking, the process. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. We fucking love this shit. So, and then also, um, what's your Wes? What's your finals uh, MVP prediction? Because mine is if because since I said Warriors, I think Steph Curry he's hungry. I think he's gonna get hungry and win his first finals MVP too, like really fulfill his Hall of Fame resume. Wes, yeah, I I could definitely see that. And like if we're going off our like our probably real predictions, it's gonna be the Warriors. And I think. I love that. I love your idea of that because there's a lot of hype up around Steph Curry, and we know he's their best player. But who I would, who I want to see it, and 
I don't know if this is going to happen, but if he plays the way he did the last series, it's going to be Clay Thompson, honestly. I can see that. but He's got a shot. But yeah. like you said, I mean, Steph is their best player. He's going to facilitate more than Clay. He's probably going to score more than Clay. And, I mean, that obviously shows that he's going to be the MVP. But, I mean, if Clay plays the way we saw him play, what was it, game six last series? Like, Dude, his game six? Which game six? He loves game six. I know. Game six, Clay. <laughs> That's but hilarious. yeah, but yeah, true. I mean, if he does West win Game Six, that'd be a heck of a story. Following with what happened despite his like recent injuries the past few years, you know. I know that's what that's what I said about like the revamped Warriors. Like, you can't even hate these guys. Like Clay was hurt, Steph was hurt. I mean, Draymond, you can. I mean, a little bit, but like, I I respect Draymond. I think he's a oh, great I respect him too, but and he carries that mean, defense. Yeah, I mean, I respect him too, but doesn't mean I I like him very well. But, right, like, right, right. Those two guys, like. Three years ago, four years ago, when they were winning all the titles all the time, like you were just like, okay, I don't want to see these guys anymore. But now they're back different and they have younger guys around them with the core that, and like, I mean, Wiggins, he revamped his career at Golden State and all star this year. Very, it's going to be, it's, it's awesome to see like the guys that kind of go to Golden State and kind of change everything that they've had in the past. And it's, it's cool to see, but yeah, Warriors and Sticks more than likely. Yeah, yeah. So you bring up two good points. Uh, I want to talk about the Warriors, right? So number one, I really want to mention in this episode is that I really got to admire Jordan Poole, JP, dude. I really oh, think yeah. I really think he's like, I, dude, he should have been a candidate for the most improved player of the year. Like, what the hell, NBA? And and also, dude, just like I think he really do, like carries on energy to those older guys like Steph, Clay, Draymond, dude. And it's just really awesome to like witness as a fan. Oh, 100%. That's one thing. I mean, I know this isn't the topic, but how does John Morant win most improved player? How does that even happen? We already know who John Morant is. No, yeah. like, I mean, geez, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. He's, I a, he's, he's a past lottery pick. Jordan Poole was, like, 28th overall pick, was in the G League, like, last year or two years ago, and he's just grinding. He would have been sixth man of the year if Clay wasn't hurt all year because because Clay would have played over him, and he would have just – played so so much better because they would have had guys to be able to facilitate him and he wouldn't have to start but you're telling me Jordan Poole should have been the most improved player over jaw I mean we already knew who jaw was I know but I'm not I'm not seeing one but at least be part of the candidacy like the top three you know I think he was are you I'm sure I thought it was the like the Jante and then yeah my bet I mean uh, I, I either way I think he I should thought be- he was I mean I thought he was gonna win when they gave it to jaw I was shocked because I was like, how does Jordan Poole not get this award? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Jordan Poole should have won should have won the most improved. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I I mean here, here's a question for you. I've seen this everywhere. Do past lottery picks deserve to have most improved award? I don't know, man. That's a tough debate because you know I don't think because so. most lottery picks some lottery picks, right, do not so good like their first couple of years and now and over they just emerge. But still, like we already know what their potential is. Like, Jordan Poole, like I said, was the, like, what, 28th overall pick, I think? Yeah. I mean, so that's a guy that comes onto the scene out of nowhere and just improves. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe like 13 or 14. I'm thinking just because John Morant was like, what, the second overall pick or mm-hmm. third, something like that. And so I'm thinking like a high lottery pick, I don't think should get those. I don't know. But that's just how I feel. That's a different debate. Sorry. But. No, you're fine. I, I see both sides of the story. I mean, by both sides, but – I think they should keep you on with like, like large players should be eligible, but that's just my take. So Wes, before we move on to the next topic, 
I want to ask you this. We're starting talking about NBA Finals, by the way. But anyways, win or lose for the Warriors, right? Does that OG core still still keep together or nah? What do you think? I mean, it probably all depends on money-wise that the Golden State Warriors have because I don't know how their cap room or whatever they have. But, like, you're going to click, you're gonna keep Curry no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I think he's already got paid and got his contract. I don't know that's for sure. But, like, either way, he's going to pay for sure. And I think that they want to keep they, – they probably want to keep those core three around. I just think it depends on money and how much money they really want and if it's worth for them to stay in Golden State for the players. Like if Draymond wants to stay in Golden State and he takes less money or, if, or you know what I'm saying, or vice versa with Clay, if he wants to leave somewhere and make more money that the Warriors just don't have and they have to make a decision, they'll probably split up because that's how it always goes down, you know, like the big-time – duos trios things like that they just money happens and it just kind of just dissolves so, so you're telling but, me Wes, know, what do you think yeah I, so, so yeah know. to uh clarify this you're saying it just basically all comes down to the individuals themselves to say okay do i want to restructure this contract to still stay with this like right. dynasty yes. or do i want to like like go somewhere else and get more money because a right. is towards my it's to, towards the end of my career right i don't have much right. longer and two, and they've already won their championships. Like exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it gets really good point. And two, can I really make a name of myself outside of this dynasty? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think. I mean, you made a lot of great points right there because, like, a lot of times guys like that will take less money to be on a championship type roster. But like we've like we've seen past, like those guys have all won championships. So I think that like that's not a factor anymore. But yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen at all because, like, Clay and Curry are you know quote unquote the Splash Bros. Yeah. So if Clay wants to leave and be like, oh, this is Clay Thompson, and like he's by himself, he's able to do this, he's able to carry a team, he's able to lead a team by himself, that might solidify his legacy more than being a Splash Bro to Steph Curry, honestly. So yeah, yeah I can definitely see that too. Yeah, but I think Draymond's good where he's at because I think that. Any other spot, people are gonna get sick and tired of him and not want him around. Yeah, because because Golden State's so used to him, and so yeah, yeah, and, and they and they them. want him around, like they want him to be there. Yeah, I would agree with that. But uh, speaking of, I know this is like a subtopic, but going back to Clay, but I feel like I know what you mean. Like he maybe want to like go somewhere and prove himself, but I'm just saying those injuries may not help. Like it may not help that factor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's of a, true. Of a valuable player. But anyways, yeah, I know for no, win or loss with the Warriors. I think it's safe to say the future of James Wiseman, dude. They got they got to trade him away or something. He does not fit in with them. He didn't. He was not worth that second overall pick. No, it could, it could be Melo. Yeah, yeah, true. And you also got to think that now they have a guy that's proven himself in Looney that he can play the five and be your guy down low. So I think yeah, Wiseman's got to go. You got to at least try to get something from him, but with his injuries and his kind of like in my opinion, work ethic is lacking. So I think it's going to be very hard to get something good for him. But, yeah, he needs to go. Yeah, at least trade him for some, like, like at least somewhat good I, assets. Yeah, something. I don't know what they're going to get out of him, though. That's what I'm saying. I agree, I agree. So let me get this uh, clear. So you said you think Warriors going to win, but by heart it's going to be Celtics, right? Just to <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Warriors are probably going to win, but I would – 
wouldn't hate it if the Celtics won. Right, right. Well, like you said, my guys, my uh, prediction is Warriors and six, and I yeah. just really honestly think it's going to be a good finals. So, oh, it's going to be a very good finals. Uh, I hope, yeah. I, like, like we talked about earlier, I hope it's tight games, though. Like, if it goes to seven, okay, great. But, like, if all the games are decided between 15 and 20 points, it's not that good of a series. Right, right. That's what everyone wants, you know, is a close yeah, game, not blowout. Yeah, we need some tight games. Especially with the with the lack of the postseason being not so good, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it needs to just be all in one series in the finals, just make up for it. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm, right. So, anyways, to the next topic. So, guys, I was I want to plan this new like little like series or whatever you want to call it segment. It's called Road to the 2022-2023 NFL season. And the way I want to like do this is just I want to talk about all 32 teams, but obviously. I don't want to talk about th- all 32 teams in one episode. So I'm going to do an episode in each division. So four teams are in the division. And then why not better to start out with the NFC East? Because my boy Wes, his favorite team is part of the NFC East. Right, Wes? Yes, sir. The Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC Beast. <laughs> yep. Right on. I mean, I mean, you know, the past <laughs> few years, we haven't been very hot as a division. But I think this year we're going to turn around at least the top two parts of it. Uh, we're gonna turn around and yeah, we'll talk. We'll get into it a little bit. Yeah, right, right. So before um we say our you know our standings from first to last, right? And after that, after we state the standings, we're gonna say why each team deserves that standing, right? I want to say yeah. to this, and then Wes, you can like pitch in if you want to. So I got this stat from I uh, think NFL. So there have been 17 straight seasons without a repeat champ in the MC East. Well. For, for those of you guys don't know who's in the NFC East, right? Uh, it's it's the Eagles, uh, Commanders, Cowboys, and Giants. But anyways, back to the stats. So there's 17. There are 17 straight seasons without a repeat champ in this division, and it's the longest streak by any division in the NFL history. So Wes, please, I want to hear your take on this. Since she's like you know you have focused on this division all your life. Yeah, I mean, I want to say it's because it's so competitive. But it's it's actually the opposite. I mean, back in like the day, like maybe when I was a little bit younger. So I think like like when it was maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago or so, it was probably a little bit more competitive. But like as of late, we've seen like it's a joke. That's why I said NFC beast is because like most people say that's the NFC least because like the teams in this division have not been very good. And when the team in the division is good, whatever now that the schedule's changed, it's like, what would it be? 17 it'd be like a ten. Yeah, it's, I know, but I was thinking like a nine and six or a nine and five or whatever it would be, or what would it be? Nine, uh, nine, eight. Yeah, something like that, whatever. So whatever, like, like it would be just one game above 500, two games above 500 if you're lucky, and that's going to win the division and get us to the, like, and get us to the playoffs. So I think that just having it be such a lower performing division i think it's has an opportunity for the lower guys to win every once in a while i think that's why it's been like that not having a repeat champion for so long because everyone's kind of even at the bottom half of the league so at any point in time any team can win this division yeah Wes. so you have a good point and that's what makes the division so like somewhat fun to watch right even though they're not good on paper they're fun to watch because they're so competitive you know despite like their like you know their lower records compared to like the other divisions so Wes um I want to hear your standards from first to last right 
And after that, I want to, yeah. I want you to say why for each team, you know? Okay. So obviously I have in first winning the NFC East, I have the Eagles. And what's their record? Like, yeah, and say their records along with it. Okay. I said 12 and five. Mm-hmm. And then in the division, I broke five and one. And then coming in second, I had uh, the Cowboys at 10 and seven with a division record of four and two. And then in third, I had the Giants at seven and 10 with a division uh, record of two and three. All right, well, I'm missing a game there. That's all right. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I was going to say, Wes, I didn't do division records, I just did general records. I, I was trying to think, and like these are like, I mean, there's a couple times where like I'll have a team like I have them like playing each other, and it's just a toss up. I think they're gonna like split, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. So I guess I, and then I have the I have the Commanders at five and twelve and mm. one and five. Yeah, and I don't. And that's just I guess we'll wait till they come up. But what do you have? Yeah. So uh, maybe to clarify this, Wes, like you know when we do these, maybe like you know. Don't focus on the division <laughs> records, you know, just the general records to make it. Well, how do you know if they're going to win the division or not? They can have a better, they can have a worse record and still win the division. True, true. Yeah, oh, geez, you got to start thinking now. Yeah, my, I guess my, <laughs> my bad. I'm I, just joking. I'm just I wasn't joking. thinking about this. I'm just yanking Seriously. the chain. This is just for fun. But anyways, <laughs> uh, my stand is right. Is the Eagles for in first place. Uh, I project them to go 12-5. and five. Let's go. Second, for second place, I have the Cowboys going at 11-6. Okay. My third place for this division is the Washington Commanders going 6-11. Yeah. And last place is Giants 5-12. and 12. So, Wes, why do you think – what? why is Philly in your, like, uh, standings, like, first place? I mean, it could be a little bit of bias, but I don't think it is because – in my opinion, the Eagles are like the most improved roster of anybody in the NFL this past year. Like, I mean, from our free agency pickup of Hassan Riddick being a guy off the edge that we can bear, that we can use a lot. I mean, also James Bradbury having him upgrade the defensive back room. I mean, and that's a little backstory for that is that we're paying him ten million, and the Giants, where he came from, are paying him eleven point seven still. So we're paying him less money. Than the Giants are, and he's playing for us as our second, as our second starting corner. I mean, I did the deal, so, right? I know that's, I mean, that's insane. That's huge for us. And then also with our draft, I mean, upgrades. We had Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, obviously AJ Brown, Cam Jurgens. All those guys are going to help us out. So I think that just having our roster be so improved, I think is why they're, they're going to finish at the top of this division because none, neither are none of the teams in this division, and along with the NFL have improved as much as the Eagles have, my personal opinion. I mean, I do agree with you, Wes, but not the best in the league, probably top three, you know what I'm saying? Who's that improved? What? <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but who, who improved more? I mean, think, if you had to guess, off the top I, of your head. I, I mean, top of my head, I think Miami, dude. Come on. Like, okay, Miami's good too. And I could also see, like, I mean, the Ravens had a better draft than the Eagles, I think, but. Like they improved a lot in the needs that they needed it bad. So yeah, like, and then yeah, I guess it took me, Miami helped out a lot too. But, yeah, I mean, dude, it took me it took me a second. I know you like putting me on the spot so far in this podcast, kind of embarrassed, but just just joking, it's okay. But it took me a while. So yeah, like teams like Miami, uh, Chargers, like you know, like, trading for Cleo Mack, you know, getting JC Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. But like, I feel like the Eagles improved so much, and that it was like 
so shocking to everyone, like in the organization around all the NFL, actually, probably that they did what they said that they were going to do. Cause usually it's the opposite. Like we, we do stuff that is stupid. So I think having a good off season, maybe just makes it look better on paper because like, okay, we haven't had a good off season like this in forever, but they're definitely the most improved in the division by mm-hmm. far. What was the reason why I really had Eagles like winning the division and then winning more games than the Cowboys was because they they got, they traded it up to get AJ Brown and that freaking like really helped them a lot because oh, like dude yeah. dude in my opinion they're gonna have like the potential we're gonna have the potential to see one of the best young wide receiver duos in the league you know oh yeah I mean him and Devontae Smith they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with on the field which I'm very excited to see that but like also. What I'm kind of nervous about, Cheese, is our quarterback. Is Jalen Hurts the guy, do you think? I don't know. And we're going to find out this year. For yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you, Wes. I think this is like Jalen Hurts to prove that this is um, that he's a franchise quarterback, right? But if yeah. he doesn't do as good as what we thought he would be, I feel like uh, Philly would give him another uh, shot. You know what I'm saying? And I think so, too, because of the weapons that he has now. Like when he first got in the league, like, his wide receiving court was terrible. Now we're kind of getting an upgrade of, you know, A.J. Brown. We got Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith. And we now we have Pascal as well uh, yeah, from the Colts. fuckers. <laughs> and then, I mean, we have a young stud running back in Miles Sanders, a second-year guy, Kenny Galladay from Memphis. I mean, we have weapons now, Scotter. So there's no excuse for him not to perform and keep growing as a player. So if – him and A.J. Brown's connection is not as good as we thought it was, I guess you could see, okay, let's give him one more year. We need to see one more year. But this year is going to be huge and a big teller for all Eagles fans and fans around the NFL who like to watch good football. Exactly. And I feel like, and then the last point about the Eagles, right, in my opinion, um, for like, and I just feel like Jalen Hurts really has to step his shit up, right? Because, like, you know, they have a good offensive line, right? Especially with Jason Kelsey leading the own line. I think, in my opinion, he has a good one to two years, at least in his prime left. So I feel like uh, Jalen Hurts better use, like, the best of his ability to, like, you know, use his offensive line for his protection, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we just drafted the guy Cam Jurgens from Nebraska to replace Kelsey in a couple years. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a great offensive line, like you said, and yeah, if he's going to have a good year and he's going to prove to the front office, to everyone that's doubted Jalen Hurts the past few years, it has to be this year. The time is now to do it, and they have the potential to do it. Like you said, Cheese, we both had them 12-5 and five record. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great record. That's a great potential. And if Jalen Hurts can bring them within that striking distance of that 12-5 and five, being in the playoffs, he got us to the playoffs last year on his second year full-time, first year full-time starting. But it was, like, kind of a bad year. But it was a learning experience. It was, it was a learning yeah. experience. Yeah, oh, 100%. But I'm just saying, like, now is the time for Jalen Hurts. And like you said, they can maybe give him one more chance. But if it it probably just depends on how, how he plays. If he's terrible, like, they're probably going to go a different direction, which is kind of scary, again, because it's only his third year. He hasn't had much, like you said. But that's the NFL. It's a business. Yeah, exactly. So moving on to uh... – the next team. So since I, I feel like we can all talk about Philly, especially coming from you all freaking day. But anyways, oh yeah, dude, I can I can <laughs> I can go for hours. Yeah, I can tell you love that shit. But anyways, what was what did you say? <laughs> so you had we both had Cowboys second place, right? So my record was yeah. eleven six. What did you say yours was? 
Uh, ten and seven, so about the same. So let's talk about. So why do you think, from your take, Wes, the t- the Cowboys would be second place in this division? Let's hear it. Okay, so I think it all kind of rides on Dak and Zeke, and I've never been totally bought in on those guys. One because Dak's always hurt. And two, because Zeke has not played to his full potential that he had been before he got that big contract. So I think that having a defense that like the Phillies have or the Philadelphia Eagles have, sorry, and the Giants and all those guys have, that their defense is going to have to be stocked up against Dak. And geez, we talked about this yesterday. I mean, the Wilson is gone now. The Miami. Gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like it's crazy to see that Dak, doesn't have all the weapons he used to have. And I think that they kind of missed out on their opportunity to be the guys. I know they have obviously Pollard too, but like as a running back, but I think, yeah, that they're stars, quote unquote stars and guys that they should be winning a whole bunch with just don't, I mean, I don't think that they are going to exceed what they should. So I think that's why they're going to play second in this division. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do agree with you, Wes. I mean, just, okay. No offense. I think they're second place because they're in the, in the shitty division, right? But uh, I mean, I do agree with you that you know, can Dak be dur- uh, durable all uh, season, right? Can Zeke return to that one form he was once was his rookie year, right? And then here's yeah. another point, Wes. That I think that it's gonna be they're gonna place be, be placed second. Excuse me. The reason why they're gonna be placed in second is because, dude, they have a lot. They have a tough schedule, dude. They're gonna face a lot of uh, contending teams, such as the Bucks, the Bengals, the Rams, the Packers, the Titans, right? Like, what do yeah. you think about this tough schedule of theirs? Yeah, 100%. I think that's a big thing because I was looking at their schedule yesterday. And like I said, like, there's a couple times where they could, like, lose a lot of games in a row. Like, I mean, and they play the Packers as well away. So, yeah, I mean, their schedule doesn't help them at all. But I feel like if you're going to have what everyone thinks of Dak Prescott of being, I don't know, what do you think people probably think, a top 10 quarterback? Uh, it shouldn't matter top about the schedule. But, hey, yeah. I think in my opinion, right, in my opinion, I think Dak is still easily the best quarterback in this division. Oh, That's my take. I know. I think, I think, I think. okay, right now, yes. At the end of the season, no. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, has to be. And, like, we'll get into this later on, but, like, once, that's going to be the huge, that's going to be the biggest thing for Washington. Mm-hmm. That's later yeah. on. But uh, – Wes, but here, okay, let's jump. No one wants to hear about the Cowboys. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I hate yeah, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, we're used to hearing that. But anyway, <laughs> I think the positives, okay, the positives we're going to now. I think the positives about the Cowboys this season, they got the OC, Kellen Moore, and their DC, Dan Quinn, back in the coaching staff. It's not like where uh, the defense side of the ball has to learn a new defense. It's not True. like Dak in the yes. offense has to learn, learn a new offense. It's just right. they'll return to normal. It's like, okay, we can really narrow down what we mess up on and what can we improve on. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. I think those are great points because that's a big thing that happens a lot in the NFL. We know coaching changes, boom, everything's flipped sideways. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to do this, but they have it all back together. They know what they're supposed to do and what they have to fix. Like you said, they're going to watch film. They're going to watch it. They're going to see what went wrong and work to fix that. Obviously, with OTA starting, I think it's huge for the Cowboys to hit that at the source, you know, like being able to stop it early enough to not make the same mistakes over and over again, but make new mistakes and then be able to correct them before the season. That's going to be able to tell what they can do if they're going to be able to win this division or not. 
Exactly, Wes. And that communication is still gonna be like better than ever because, like you said, no, they don't want to be a new coach. You know, it's all right. it's all the same coaching staff, so it's like not, not gonna be awkward or anything like that. It's gonna be okay. Let's turn this. It's gonna be business as usual and probably even more like, okay, we have to do this, and we know we can. We saw it last year. We've done it a little bit. Now we gotta do it all the time. That's what's gonna be the biggest thing. Yeah, exactly. Besides, uh, spending time saying, "Hey, nice to meet you," and that stuff like that. Right. It's yeah. They're skipping all this extra stuff that. The Giants are going through right now, honestly. That's a good and then, point. Like, I mean, they're being able to, like you said, just go right into it. And that's that's big for NFL because no matter who you are, it sucks changing defenses or changing offenses. No matter if you're Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, it doesn't matter if you're on offense or defense. Switching a scheme is terrible and it's mm. hard. And it takes a lot of time, like you said. So now they have this time to recover and go. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be scary at the beginning of the season, I think. And it all depends on their injuries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All on that. And then that 17 week period is just, like, yeah, just really going to test them. And I, and a couple more points to point out their positives. I think in my opinion, I think it's CD's time to shine as a uh, right receiver one. Cause we saw some sparks of him last year, but I feel like if you can step up like his playing style to uh right receiver one, I feel like he can easily help this team out big time oh 100 i mean he definitely has to be the guy for them and the, as a wide receiver and being like the deep ball threat just the guy that's going to go to on third down all of it he's going to have to do a lot of it for this team and if he is struggling or can't really find his stride per se mm-hmm. i think it's going to be a struggle for the cowboys definitely exactly and there's really no one behind him to like really step <laughs> no, up. No, that's what i'm maybe, saying they lost maybe Gall- Gallup, right yeah i mean but didn't he get hurt at the end of the year last year? Yeah, he tore his like ACL. Yeah, yeah so tore his ACL. Know. So it's really gonna be it's, like you know not. It's gonna be, be time best. to nut up. It's gonna be time to nut up or shut up for CD Lamb. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the last point of this uh, of the Cowboys, I I think what makes them good is that I think they still have a good offensive line. Wes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That I mean they I feel like every single year that the Eagles play the Cowboys or just any year in general that they have a great offensive line. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Like, every single time. Like, it's never a doubt. That's, it's always going to be a thing for them. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what's one thing they're good at is drafting online. So, Wes, so um, moving on to your third place. So, I, once again, I, the Commanders on third place, right? And who do you have? I had the Giants in third place. So, what makes you think the Giants goes on third place over the Commanders, in your opinion? Honestly, I love Brian Dable. I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to do a lot of good stuff for uh, the Giants. I think that they're going to be able to do stuff, and they had a great draft, so I think that's going to help them out as a young time. And I've heard, and this goes back to the Dak and Zeke talk, that Mm -hmm. uh, Saquon Barkley is feeling fresh. If he can stay healthy, this team is going to be an okay team in the NFL. Like, I mean, they're not going to have a winning record by any means, (laughs) but, like, either or these last two teams in this division are not going to have a winning record next year and what I think anyways, but yeah, if they can keep him healthy. The new guys come in and do a great job. And the new coaching staff is able to help um, Daniel Jones progress like uh, Brian Dable did with Josh Allen and Buffalo. I think it's going to be huge for them to succeed and kind of grow, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think those two, the giants and the commanders are kind of interchangeable for third and fourth. Exactly. 
Wes, I agree with you. I think Brian, uh, what's his name? Dable. Dable, I think. Yeah, Brian Dable. Dable. Yeah, from okay. So those of you guys that don't know, uh, Brian Dable, he he came from uh, he was the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills, right? So yep. Wes, I think he has a lot of potential to bring so much like talent and knowledge to this team, right? But yeah. I think my question, my biggest question, in my opinion, is that can they can at least the core their core players their most asset valuable asset players can they stay healthy during the 17 week season right because it's really yeah. up to them to see if they can at least win several games compared to like maybe two besides goal two and 15 and and, yeah. have, the, and have the number two overall draft you know what i'm saying yeah 100 yeah that's exactly how it goes man and i mean this and we're speaking of quarterbacks being a big part of this division we're gonna see if daniel jones is gonna be their guy going forward we knew it was kind of up in the air last year, and they decided to stay with him. So we'll see what it, what happens. But, yeah, if Saquon can stay healthy for once in his NFL career, I think that he's going to be able to help the Giants out a lot just because being a guy that's going to be a threat, even if he doesn't do much, if he's, he's still a threat. To just When healthy. Go, yeah, when healthy. That's what I'm saying. If he stays healthy and if Daniel Jones stays healthy and proves and plays the way that he's played in the past, like here and there, Mm-hmm. They're going to be fine. They're not going to win the division. Like I said, they're not going to have a winning record, but they'll be okay. We'll see some sparks, some yeah. Games. They'll win some games that they shouldn't win, and they'll lose some games that they shouldn't lose. That's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. I feel like kind of in general, that's how the NFC is, but that's just my hey, game once again. Easy. But hey, easy. This, this is a take <laughs> podcast. But anyways, personally, Wes, speaking of Daniel Jones, I like personally, I don't think he really isn't that good. Like his whole time in the NFL, he just really hasn't been uh, like impressed with. He hasn't impressed me. Like, yeah. And then anyways, you know how we talked about, like, if Jay, say Jalen Hurts, going back to Jalen Hurts, you know how we said if he, like, messes up or doesn't have a good year, they're going to give him another chance like Philly will? Yeah. I think Giants would not. If Daniel Jones does not have a good season, right, or doesn't live up to their expectations, I feel like yeah, Daniel Jones is out the door. 100%. Because I think I, I think they will really, like, legit find a quarterback for next year's loaded draft class. Your take on this, yeah. Wes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like you said, there's at least three guys I can think of right now off the top of my head that are like could be better than Daniel Jones in next year's draft. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Ulele. Those are three guys that could come in and play for the Giants probably tomorrow if they needed it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So facts. I think that I think that like you said, Daniel Jones has his last year to do it. It's now. Or and if never. not, Brian Dable's gonna go get yes, yeah, now or never. And Brian Dable's going to go get his guy next year if he needs to and probably turn him into the next Josh Allen, which is very scary for, for an Eagles fan. Yeah, Wes, and this is why I had in my notes is that, like, yeah, you brought up a really good point to conclude all of this. I really believe that this is another ex- uh, experimental year for the New York Giants. And then, yeah, it has to be. And take and then carry on to, like, probably the only positive that I probably, ha- I probably have uh, I wrote down, other than, like, the head coach bringing, like, you know, his talents and skills right to the team. Uh, I did like, you know, whether you're a fan of the New York Giants or not, I think they had a really good uh, draft, especially with the first round, with the first rounders, with uh, Kayvon. I don't want to say his name because I know I'm going to say it wrong. The edge, defender, yeah, the edge defender from Oregon and Evan yep. Neal, the, the yeah, offensive that was a tackle that was from a Alabama. And Wes, uh, I know you and Joe talked about a lot about these guys on the Mike Drop podcast, but dude, yeah, uh, I love Evan Neal. Evan Neal, I think he has so much potential to be such a great. Offensive lineman in the league. Like, he reminds me of a Tyron Smith. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, Joe, I think, which is my co-host, obviously, she said that earlier. Just shout out to him. Um, He had him being, like, number one, like, overall. 
Like, he loves Evan Neal, and I love Evan Neal as well. I think he was definitely a big get for them, and he's going to help out. That's going to be another thing, Daniel Jones. You can't have the excuse you have bad offensive line. You have right, him. Right. You have a guy covering your backside, your blind side. So, now or never, cheese. We'll see. Yeah. And Kevin's just a really good spark for that defense, you know. Oh, Even yeah. It's not the best defense. He's a good uh, spark to start the defense, like, in the long run. Right, Wes? Oh, 100%. He's definitely a guy that they're going to go to for the future and a long time coming to be able to help them. And he's probably going to turn into, I don't want to say this, like don't take this out of context, but like Mm -hmm. Khalil Mack guy, that's just Mm going to be absolutely bruiser everywhere. He's not, he's probably not going to be up to his standard because I mean, Khalil Mack is head and shoulders above a lot of people. He's a dog. But like, I feel like he can definitely do this to the Giants and help them spark their defense, like you said, and be the guy that they're going to run and build their defense around. Yeah, yeah, Wes. I really don't hate on this guy. I really hope he does good in the league. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. So, you know, enough talk with the Giants. Let's move on to the Washington Commanders because, you know, as an Indy fan, this is like, you know, you know, this is a good topic for me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. So, uh, and me too. Come on. Yeah, okay, okay. So, okay, so, <laughs> like I said, uh, the Commanders going 6-11. You had them. Going in what place and what record again? I have them in last at five and twelve. So Wes, why do you have the Washington Commanders in last place at five and twelve? Let's hear your take. Well, I'm be honest. A lot of their losses are at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, the reason I did this was because I don't know how well Wentz and McLaurin are going to gel at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that their season, you could have something completely different, but I think this is what a lot of people think is that how they play together is going to move this ship. It's going to row this ship to be able to sink or float. I think at the beginning of the year, it's going to be too early because we know Wentz, us two personally, with one being Cheesy Colts fan last year and me being Eagles fan, when Wentz is on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. Like off the side of like the bridge. Like there's no in-between. That's the thing. That's what pisses me off. And that's one thing that I think is going to be a struggle for the beginning of the season with this young wide receiver of Terry McLaurin being like, okay, like coming into the table, like where are my touches? Why am I not getting the ball? Why are you not throwing me the ball? And when's is just going to be like, uh, uh, I don't really know. And then they're going to figure it out towards the end of the year. So I have them winning more games late and losing like a lot early. So I think that's why I have them going at five and 12. What do you think? So, well, uh, speaking of Terry uh, McLaurin, right? Not yeah. only he's, you know, he's saying, you know, I want the ball and stuff like that. He's re- he's saying that because he wants the bag. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I would too. Yeah. So if things don't really go well for the Commanders this season, right? Then he's you know, still gonna he, get paid. I think either way. I, I'm just saying he's just not, he won't be happy because you know he's showing some signs. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. If they don't gel correctly in the way that Carson wants to gel with his number one wide receiver, they're gonna struggle, and that that's what I think is gonna either like make them win games or lose games. It's gonna be the chemistry between those two guys. And they haven't been together long, so you can tell how that's going to be. But I've only heard good things, but that's also from just researching for a little bit and looking at all kind of commander things. Like, I haven't seen anything bad because stuff that's from inside, you know? So, we'll see. Right. So, at least the positives. Okay, so, the reason why I have, I have the commanders winning some games, right? Because I think Chase Young is – I mean, Chase Young is returning from injury, and I think yeah. he's going to give that spark to that. I think it's going to give them that slightly improved defense. But, oh, yeah, again, I feel like they're going to struggle because they're going to have a lot of tough games, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. But, like, their schedule is nothing compared to the Cowboys' schedule by any means. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that is 
interesting to see. But yeah, I think that well, we were just talking about Thibodeau for the Giants, another edge guy that's going to be like on top of the league. And he's kind of already solidified himself as one of the better edge defenders in the NFL. Chase Young, we know obviously his injury that sucked last year. But yeah, that defensive line for the commanders, by the way, is stacked. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think remember both those guys, both those guys from Alabama. I can't remember their names right now. They got in a fight, and then also they have Chase Young. And then who's their other edge guy? I forget. But yeah, they're stacked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just need to keep like adding on to that defense, whether it's like they're like, you know, future drafts, future free agents. I feel like they can be like possibly, you know, a, a, you know, top 10 defense later later in the future. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And last year, I think they were projected to be very good on defense because I remember I picked them from my fantasy team and they were terrible. Yeah. Awful. Hey, so, we from our mistakes, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to pick them in the draft. My mm-hmm. upcoming <laughs> draft. Yeah. But yeah, they're, it's going to be fun to watch. And they're, and they're pretty young, I believe, on the defensive side of the ball. So that's going to be something to watch, too. Mm-hmm. And speaking about and moving on to the offensive side of the ball, I said the best case scenario, right? Their first round, Johan Dawson, right, from Penn State. Yeah, very like, fast wide receiver, yeah. Right. I feel but like he's a lot like Terry McLaurin. That's why I don't understand. Sorry to interrupt you, Cheese, but, like, that's one thing that always kind of shocks me about NFL is that they draft guys that are very similar to the guys they already have. Yeah, they so, don't have, a, like, a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin type of deal, right? Right, right. They don't have a guy that can go up and get the ball, a deep ball. I mean, they have guys that are that have burners, absolute freaking wheels for legs, both Dotson and – McLaurin, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you do have what a good you point. About him? You do have a good point. I didn't even think about that. So thank you for taking that take, Wes. So I mean, I speaking about J- Johan Dawson, right? I feel like you know, if all best case scenario, he emerges as a good wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver three to help out McLaurin. And then, uh, yeah, and then sure. talking and talking about Carson Wentz, you know. So man, you know, I in my opinion, Wes. If I were a Commanders fan, then I wouldn't get my hopes up for Carson because, you know, look at Indy, look at Eagles. Let's hear your take. Yeah, I don't – I mean, like I said, it all depends on how his wide receivers and the weapons are around him because, like, we've seen so many good spurts of him and so many bad spurts of him that we just don't know what we're going to get from him. So I think that the bus rides with Carson Wentz of – how good their year is going to be, but it all depends on what Carson Wentz decides to show up what week. Exactly. I feel like it's going to really like depend on him, really, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, the NFL is obviously a quarterback-driven league. We know that. But, yeah, this team especially needs to have a good year from Carson Wentz to be able to do anything. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know too much about the Washington football team since, number one, they're a log marketing team. But I just think, yeah, at least we both agree that they we don't have high expectations for them, right? No, no, no. Okay, Wes, so before we close on, like, you know, the NFC East, so out of all the four teams, who do you really – so we obviously know that the Eagles and Cowboys will make a playoff spot in the NFC. Would you agree with this? Yeah, I mean, definitely the Eagles for sure, and just depending on how good all the other teams in the NFC are because you know how the wild card spots go. Like, you can have a great record and still not get in. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it just depends on – but I think if – But not in the AFC's like, case. But not in the – if you're in the AFC, no, you'd be screwed. Oh, yeah, 100%. Sorry AFC is so yeah. much better. No, I mean, dude, come on. The AFC is insane. Mm-hmm. I wish I could – I wish I liked the team in the AFC so I could talk about them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually, I'm glad I like a team in the NFC because we get in the playoffs a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, lucky you, Wes. I so, know, dude. So, I yeah, know. so uh, one last question. So, without being biased, you know, Wes, I know Philly's your team. In the long, who do you really think can go farther 
in the playoffs between Eagles and Cowboys. I know we're far I away think, from the playoffs, but just to say what. Yeah, I think, well, the easy answer, I think, for me is the Eagles because they're going to, if our prediction, so say the, the, whatever the league or the division turned out the way that our records are. So the Eagles obviously win the division. So they're going to have a higher spot in the playoffs, obviously. And the Cowboys are going to be in a kind of a wild card spot, have, have maybe having to play more games. So I think just the Eagles, just because that they're going to be in a spot where they put themselves into and not kind of got thrown into like the Cowboys would if you're in a wild card mm-hmm. spot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that Eagles are going to have more rest if it would came to that scenario. But Correct. I'm not saying Cowboys would do better in the long run. I'm just saying I think that being the hossie of, J- of Mike McCarthy, I think if they go far, they can that can fuel them up. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the chemistry of keeping that coaching staff. I know we talked about this earlier, but I can see them making it like somewhat of a deep run. We'll see. Yeah, I agree 100%. Jeez. All right. So, yeah, at least, you know, Wes, we both agree the Eagles were going to win, you know? I'm not, yep, and then, I didn't ask, guys, for you guys listening, I did not put first place because. Uh, it's Wes's team. I truly thought, I truly think that the Eagles are going to do good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, for real. So to wrap up the pod, I want to want to mention. Uh, thank you, Wes, for coming on, and I expect Wes to be back, uh, be back in, on the Talks with Cheese podcast, especially with the NFL content. If Wes is down. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This was a great time. I always can talk ball with you, Cheese, no matter what, no matter where. You just let me know and. Let the best, let the better teams win. Exactly. And the heck, dude, this podcast would have been like a Joe Rogan type of podcast three hours long. And we would have talked <laughs> Philly alone. Yeah. If it would have just been the Eagles, we could have, we could have had, we could have had all day. Yeah. I think we would have got, get like a very niche mar- market <laughs> for that. Yeah. I think so too. I don't know if very many people would have listened to that. Yeah. <laughs> so good thing I'm wrapping it up. So guys, I kind of want to do this thing where it's like a random last type of question. Well, I'm going to call it cheesy question of the day. So, Wes, you get to be my first guest on this last on, on the segment of the podcast. So, got, so Wes, the cheesy question of the day. Would you rather have an all-exclusive suite to the Super Bowl or a courtside seats for the NBA Finals? And let me give you more context to that question. Okay. So, for the courtside seats, right, for the Finals, you will have to, like, yeah, the tickets are given to you for free, but you have to pay for parking and food right. every game. But for the Super Bowl, it's, like, everything – that you can think of is all free. So yeah, Wes, what do you what would you pick? Can I ask one more question about the suite? Okay. And the tickets. Okay. How many how many people come along? Like, is the suite like me and five friends, or is it just me by myself? And is the courtside seats like me and a buddy, or like me and two or f- two to five friends? Like, how many? Okay, just, how many people? Okay, come? a group of friends with both in both. Okay. I, I mean, I, th- I think it just has to be the suite just because, like you said, it's going to be, one, cheaper, and two, like you're going to be able to be in your own spot and you can say what you want to and not have to worry about everybody around you. Honestly, I would pick the suite too, you know? With, like, you know course, I seats would be sick, but, like, I think that it would be more fun just to have you and the boys just doing whatever you want to, pounding some beers, mm-hmm. watching football. There's nothing better than that. Freaking the halftime show, show dude. Why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, not totally watch the, why not watch the halftime show for free, you know? Think about it. Yeah, hundred percent. And then you're you're definitely a halftime show guy. Exactly. And then get <laughs> <laughs> point, Wes. And then think about this. Even though yes, you're gonna see celebrities like on the court side. Think about who's gonna be your neighbor. You know, like LeBron. That's what be I'm your saying. Neighbor. Like you can just say whatever you want to. Yeah. So yeah, was that a good question, Wes, or what? To start off the cheesy. Question oh yeah, I love it. I love of it. The, I love of the it. show. So. Oh yeah. So yeah. So that wraps up the pod. Thank you, Wes, for joining me. And then one more time, I want to say, if you like sports content, please give a follow to the Mic Drop Pod 
You can follow their Twitter, their Instagram to the Mic Drop Pod One, right, Wes? Yep. Yep. Thanks for giving the shout out, Cheese, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's gonna be a good to see you kind of like grow your podcasts and your following. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, thank you, thank you for joining. And guys, thank you for listening. Like always. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Bye. Peace.